Hey, we're listening to Minus Touch Live. Jack got the goods. They can't drink whiskey. They can't go to the supermarket. Like you're just sitting in your house, then, okay? You, 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 you lost. You lost the culture war. I hate to break it to you. That's why you're freaking out. You lost. We all moved on. Americans actually care. Americans actually like diversity. Americans actually like each other and and want to just be normal human beings and not run over cans of Bud Light with their trucks, okay? So, so two things, Jordy. Going back to my past life before Midas, do you recall uh, when the Colin Kaepernick campaign with Nike? Uh, came out. A lot of these things they kind of tested on Kaepernick first, which I was involved in that. So when Nike announced its campaign with Colin, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Remember, they burned the Nike socks. And then what happened? Six billion dollars was added to Nike's market cap as a result of the Colin Kaepernick campaign. So that showed right there, you know, to me that when they start burning the socks, how that completely backfires. And then, then one other thing that you just reminded me of, Brett, where the MAGA Republicans want to like litigate these issues that we addressed as a country, like in the '60s and the '70s, Wait, about past this man about, about equality. You know, I was teaching today Keep up, at yeah. the law school at the law school where I teach. I was teaching about Title IX, um, which is to prevent gender discrimination um, in universities and colleges and high schools or any schools that receive federal funds. Um, and that was passed by Congress in 1972. And then that was modeled on the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, and I was speaking to the class. I was like, so do you think that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 or Title IX, uh, which precludes gender discrimination, do you think these could ever be passed today? And then I went through the various Supreme Court decisions from 1972 um, to the present that involved Title IX litigation, which pretty much expanded the rights of people over time and recognized additional rights and private private causes of action and recognized, you know, more and more and more um, inclusivity um, and and just overall expanding the rights of people. And I said, truthfully, if if like this case from 1999, which was a five to four decision five to four in favor of providing rights to people who suffered forms of harassment, which was determined to be a form of gender discrimination. I said that would be a six to three decision against protecting someone who was the subject of uh, ongoing harassment. And I said, I don't think Congress would ever even pass the Civil Rights Act or pass Title IX today you know so i just wanted to get I, I was having a whole conversation with my class about that ben first of all i didn't realize they allow all these woke professors at usc i'm a very woke professor who, who, who super, thought woke, totally woke super woke professor ben <laughs> but se secondly i think this new poll from usa today kind of says it all um in the midst of all this this poll just came out um usa today poll that said supports for support for lgbtq rights is now higher than ever across with the American public. Now, there's one caveat here. The gap widened between Democrats and Republicans. So nearly every Democrat is for LGBTQ rights, but fewer Republicans now are for those rights. So it shows you, once again, what does that widening gap show us? To me, it shows us that a majority of Americans are supportive of diversity, are supportive of equality, are supportive of these pro-democracy, and in this case, democratic positions. 
now what what also shows me is that the Republicans are becoming a smaller and smaller percentage of that overall electorate. And you got to be sure that these massive corporations like Bud Light and like Jack Daniels or whatever, they see the same data when they, when they do testing and stuff, and they see that these MAGA people who are really loud on the internet and complain and have all these, you know, get whine, just whine and moan and every little thing that's out there, like they're, they're just a very shrinking part of the population. Like you said, Ben, shrinking is the MAGA Trump word of the day, I think, here. And, and you just see them shrinking and shrinking and becoming more irrelevant. But as they become more irrelevant and as they see the future slip away from them, quite frankly, they, they've already lost the future. I mean, just look at look at Gen Z, look at millennials. Like they've, they've lost, The future's all, like over for these Republicans. So they got to double down on these strategies to just be as loud as possible, to try to uh, appease their most fascist tendencies that they've always really had, but never really unleashed on the American public. But now they're like, we have no other choice. We're going to lose power. We, we, we better expel democratic lawmakers. We better start allowing uh, uh, murderers back on the street. Like, like it's, it's, it's all a reaction to this changing cultural landscape that they just can't control. And they've already lost the battle. So they're trying to do everything possible that they can right now to retain whatever power that they can. So, because I, I give you this example, so to all the people who are listening and and, and watching this, like, w- what did you do there we on Easter Sunday? What, what what did you do for Passover? If you don't celebrate any of those holidays, just what did you do in the weekend? What did you do in the weekend in general? Right? Did you see a movie? Did you read a book? Did you go to the park? Did you try to do something that's fulfilling to you? Did you try to did you try to have like a hobby or did you did you go for a walk or, or did you do something to kind of make you happy? Like like look, this is what President Biden said on uh, Easter Sunday. He wrote to all those gathering in churches and homes around the world. Happy Easter and may God bless and keep you. And then the image says, today we remember Jesus' sacrifice and recommit ourselves to love God with all our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves, embracing his call to treat one another with uh, compassion. Another tweet from Biden um, on Easter saying, from the Bidens to you, we wish all those celebrating a joyous and peaceful Easter Sunday. Right, Very, very normal, very normal stuff. Right. Um, let's see. What did Donald Trump post? How about World War Three? World War Three? <laughs> World War Three? I mean, this was Trump's post on his social media platform. This is just what he posted. He posts World War Three. That is Trump's post on Easter. Okay, Easter. But he did. He, but he did mention something about Easter. All caps, like a completely deranged lunatic that he is. He goes, "Happy Easter to all, including those that dream endlessly of destroying our country because they are incapable of dreaming about anything else. Those that are so incompetent they don't realize that having a border and powerful wall is a good thing, and having voter ID, all paper ballots, and same day voting will quickly end massive voter fraud. And to all of those." weak and pathetic rhinos, radical left Democrats, socialists, Marxists, and communists who are killing our nation. Remember, we will be back. And the next post actually was World War Three. And, you know, imagine you, your you, friend wrote that. Imagine your friend on Easter posted that on their Instagram page, on their Facebook, on their Twitter. Would you check in on them? Like, like I, I think you would. I think you'd be like, this is a deranged, like, they're really going off the deep end here. This guy was the this guy had the nuclear votes. The Republicans think he deserves them again. Again, like, just think they, about that. They, they 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 look at that and they go, 
that's our guy. <laughs> that is the guy who we want to make the life and death decisions over our family members. That is the person who we will trust the lives and the health and safety of our children, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our community, our country, our world. And this is why, though, we show you these posts. I know the large media networks, they don't like to show this, but when he does give these you know, speeches, then they go, oh, look, he's on Trump Force One, and he gave a very calm and, and very, very, very reserved speech. Like, no, he didn't. So enough with this large media network complete BS when they claim they don't cover him. You should cover him. You should just cover him the right way. And the right way is to point that out and not normalize it and say he is completely and utterly deranged, that that is a maniac, that he posts these things each and every day, and that this is someone who, if they are put anywhere near the proximity of power, may kill you, may kill your family. It, and that's not hyperbolic. And I want to show you one of these other posts, too, where, again, if you caught this over the weekend, he's now saying that Ron DeSantis is a Soros-backed governor. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I want to show you that, and, I, and I'll, show you, I'll show you some more, but let's just take one quick break. And now I'll take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew exactly if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter. How about Lomi? I kid you not. I'm not even exaggerating. I think you did a. I think you did a completely great job there. Hundred percent. And and Jordy, I found your tweet by the way of Dan Crenshaw from like this from what twenty twenty one. Did I'll you talk about Dan Crenshaw? Yeah, oh, it's the same conversation. Yeah, this is from December eighth, twenty twenty one. I tweeted out Dan Crenshaw. The Republican Party has too many performance artists and not enough serious people like me. Also, Dan Crenshaw. The video of him jumping out of a plane pretending to be a Mission Impossible character. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, yeah, folks. No, it's no Republicans at this point. Speaking of you can't make this stuff up, going back to the post, this is where he calls Ron DeSantis. He posts a meme that says, uh, Ron be gone. Who supports Ron DeSantis? George Soros. So it's just like an anti-Semitic. And, 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 and here's the thing with the people like Ron DeSantis. Like, and this is why... The old adage, first they came for this group, and I thought I was safe, because I wasn't that group. Then they came for this group, and I thought I was safe, because I wasn't that group. And then after they came for all of those groups, then they came for me, right? Ron DeSantis is the purveyor of the George Soros anti-Semitic trope, and Ron DeSantis, after Donald Trump was uh, criminally charged, gave the speech and said, it's just because of this Manhattan George Soros-backed district attorney, which is, again, completely and totally false. There is no, like, like uh, Alvin Bragg doesn't even know. Uh, Soros at all like they don't have Soros never donated money to him like it's just a total and utter lie but DeSantis was peddling that disinformation and now it's weaponized against DeSantis by Donald Trump oh you're backed by Soros now 
And because DeSantis is someone who legitimizes that type of complete false uh, conspiracy, it's then weaponized against him, and he just takes it. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. And then one more post I want to show you that that, that he made, and then let's talk about uh, Trump's appeal of the uh, order compelling Pence to testify before the grand jury. And let's get into what's going on in, in Texas and what's going on in the House of Representatives with these MAGA Republican fascists. Here's one of the posts where Trump in all caps goes, the only reason I have these absolutely ridiculous investigations against me headed by racists, lunatics, and radical left maniacs is for purposes of election interference. It will be harder for the Democrats to cheat like they did in 2020. So they are going right to the old Soviet Union playbook and using the DOJ, FBI, and others in, quote, justice to interfere in our once sacred elections. We've got to swamp these cheaters and we will win. And because he knows he's going to lose and because the MAGA movement is built on good. He's already setting up his next conspiracy theory when he loses. I was going to win, but it was these racist prosecutors, and he only calls the black prosecutors racist against against him, which is also part of his racism because it's all complete uh, projection. But it's just part of the MAGA. They're victims, perpetual victims, over and over again. And you know, he's just setting up the excuse when he loses. And by the way, with all this, like at this point, I think every single day, I think it gets more and more unlikely that somebody like Ron DeSantis even attempts to run for wow. president, runs for the nomination. Like, like you see, even right now, you saw today, you saw Trump make a push uh, about DeSantis. And I'll, I know we said we we're moving on from these, but I'll, I'll just do this one where he said, Ron DeSantis is a young man who is not doing well against me in the polls, but admirably. I believe that if he decides to run for president, which will only hurt and somewhat divide the Republican Party, he will lose the cherished and massive MAGA vote and never be able to successfully run for office again. If he remains governor, which is what Florida voters assumed, it would be a whole different story. Just saying. But who knows? That's a real tweet by Trump. But I, honestly, I think DeSantis is probably seeing all this. I mean, there are a lot of polls coming out now, and we've been saying this for, what, months? We were I like, told you he was going to lose Florida. Yeah, like, he's yep. going to lose Florida. 100% like, like, DeSantis will lose Florida. <laughs> and now, like, all, nearly all the polls that come out that do the state-by-state polls between DeSantis and Trump have DeSantis losing Florida. And I think that gap is only going to widen. And I think at a certain point, I think DeSantis really does want to run very badly. I think he intends to run. But I think at a certain point, he's going to be presented with the data, and the data is going to tell him, you're going to lose Florida. You're going to lose your own state. But you can't recover from that, man. And honestly, Trump is right in that pose. Like, you can't, you can't recover from losing your own state. That's humiliating. And I think DeSantis might go, you know what? Try for 2028, or hopefully, I don't know, the guy's in prison or something, and uh, <laughs> has to drop out. I don't know what's going to happen. But, but like, I, I think he's going to be scared off also because he's a coward who right. doesn't want to take on MAGA, doesn't want to take on Donald Trump because he needs them. He's, this whole party has anchored themselves to this guy, and now they're paying the price for it. It's identical to what I said. I said, you know, because people would say, hey, what do you think, DeSantis, Trump, what's going to happen? I go, oh, in the Republican Party? I go, Trump's going to win every state. I said, it's not a close call. And I said, if you go back and watch the other episode, I said, Trump's going to win Florida against DeSantis mm -hmm. e easily. And people were like, oh, well, why do you say that? I go, the same reason Kim Jong-un wins in North Korea. Yeah. I said, it's a cult. You, you can't have the lieutenant 
beat the cult leader when your whole party, their platform in the 2020 election was, we hear, this is not me making this up, their platform was, we hereby revoke our platform and we defer to whatever Donald Trump says. And they removed their platform from the Republican National Convention. They took out their platform totally. And then in the Republican National Convention, what do you have? All of the headliners are Donald Trump and his children? And what world is what world are we living in? It's him and his family members and his children who all headline the main day. Um, and by the way, they do it at the White House, which is a clear violation of law as well. You know, and, and so you, you have that to, to kind of add to it. But I said, no, Kim Jong-un doesn't lose an election. Vladimir Putin doesn't lose an election. And here's the thing, pro-democracy community. And this is as we talk more later in this episode about these laboratories of autocracy, what the MAGA Republicans want to do because they are getting crushed in the polls of where America actually is right now, they want to try through authoritarian means to basically suppress the vote, gerrymander the heck out of the country. They already tried doing all these things, engage in all of the tactics, the false propaganda, all of the stuff. So even though that their policies are disfavored, that they can through cheating basically and through, you know, actually rigging these elections that they could try to stay in power. And, and here's the simple example that I give. If you were to have the current Supreme Court run for a nationwide election, the entire country got to vote on who would be a Supreme Court justice. I said, I guarantee you it would be a court that would vote 9 to 0 on issues like common sense gun reform, Sorry. on, is- on issues yep. like a woman's right to control her body, on issues like protecting unions, on issues like preserving and protecting the Affordable Care Act, uh, on all of these issues that the modern day Supreme Court, the 6-3, the Americans don't support those policies. You know, I was having a conversation with someone from Canada the other day about our system, and I said, you know what? Because in Canada, they probably have, you know, and, and I'm sure the Canadian viewers, you know, may or may not agree with this, but the, but my my really close Canadian friend confirmed, like their MAGA community is probably maybe 10 to 15 percent of the country, maybe slightly more, but but they're right around that. And so I was telling, I said, you know, the reality is, is that our MAGA community here is probably 10 percent more maybe 15% more than you have in Canada. Um, But still, the overwhelming majority of people here are compassionate, decent, support equality, right? Support LGBTQ plus rights, support common sense gun reform. Like we, we are not the laws that you see being implemented here. I just said our system of the electoral college, our system of gerrymandering, our system of how voting takes place here, creates these uh, uh, incongruous results that are very different, but it's not like America is with this craziness. Like, there's a portion of it, but it's not even close to the majority, and that's what we have to keep on reminding ourselves, and we could get exhausted sometimes because this is exhausting, but we can't let our exhaustion allow them to take it. Yeah, and you put any of these issues on the ballot. Really, just about every single... 
I did like that. That was. We are not the laws you see being implemented here. Is a very powerful takeaway from this episode. It, it is true. And I'm gonna pivot what I was just gonna say because you know I, I, I was on TikTok like over the past few days, spending some time on scrolling through the TikTok feed, and there's a trend going on that actually like really upset me because it's a woman who asks the question. She goes to all my friends out of the country, to all the TikTokers out of the country, would you come to America? And it's all the people responding to her query. And all the answers are really sad. You know, people from the UK, people from Australia, people from Africa, people from Asia, people from all over the world chiming in on this, saying, absolutely not. Like, America's a scary country right now. Like, like I'm scared of being shot. My country has warned us from going there. My country has warned us that as an LGBTQ person, it is unsafe for me to go there. And I think it's just such a sad thing to have happened to this country where America used to be like, when I studied abroad in college, like, every, even when I thought that, like, things were a little rocky here at, at times, everybody who I spoke to was like, I, it's my dream to go to America. It's my dream to go to New York. I really want to go to New York. I really want to go to California. I really want to go to, you know, you name it. And now to see those people who probably in the past looked at America as a beacon of hope, yeah, as a place of, this, this, this is a place where, where dreams come true. This is a, a go-getter kind of place that, you know, has diversity and, and, and beautiful sights and attractions and a beautiful country and, and warm, you know, friendly people. Now they look at our country and they go like, it's too, way too dangerous. It's way, it's way too scary. It's undemocratic. Like they, they view us like the way like we would view traveling to like Russia. And I think that's just a really sad indictment of, of the current state of the country because of the direction that these Republicans are pushing us in. But I, you know, I do urge, you know, our, our international audience, because we certainly do have an international audience, that it is this small percentage of people and they are loud and they are angry, but that's not who America is. Like an overwhelming majority of the people in this country are really good people. And the country is a beautiful country. Like, but it just upset me. And Brett, remember over the weekend, one of the things that struck me as we, as I was watching some of these clips of these MAGA Republicans saying, New York City is disgusting, California is a shithole, it's disgusting. Like, these are like beautiful places. It's like, no, it's not. I was telling you, I was like, you know what, Brett? Sorry, Jordy, I was telling this to Brett when we were in person. You guys go to movies together, you guys have separate conversations without me. <laughs> I never have a, I, the, the crazy thing, I never have a conversation without both of you. So... That one hurts. Move, move, move you, and this, you and I talked this morning with that break. Move to California, you'll have some more opportunities. We were, you know, one of the tactics, though, that Kim Jong-un says about South Korea, or says about, you know, America, right, is it's just a shithole over there, or you don't want to go to South Korea as their own people suffer in North Korea, right? They're saying, once you go to South Korea, it's the worst. Once you go to America, they, you know, it's a shithole over there. That's what they, meanwhile, they're starving their people. And it's actually not too dissimilar. If you look at red states, like the life expectancy, you're talking about like 66 years. And you compare that to the life expectancy in blue states, and it's like mid-80s. And like, that's a big gap like overwhelmingly between red states and, and blue states there. And so as the red states try to demean and demean and demean blue states, it, it, it's very reminiscent of the tactics. All of that stuff comes from that authoritarian playbook. And, you know, that reminds me of, right, uh, you, you have the House Republicans 
announcing Jim Jordan from the Judiciary Committee. I always want to mention this, that the MAGA Republicans picked an unlicensed lawyer to run the Judiciary Committee, right? Huh. You could pick anybody to run the committee that deals with judiciary, and you pick the person who doesn't have a license as a lawyer, who never took the bar exam. I think that just bears repeating. But they want to, they, they announce that they're holding a field trip and that they will be going to New York because they want to do a whole field trip committee hearing on how dangerous New York is and how and all of the crime in New York um, and how violent crime has increased. Like, one, get the heck out of New York. <laughs> you know, like, like, just don't even, why are you showing up to New York? Focus on your own communities and focus on your own constituents. But, like, in those areas, like in, in, in Jim Jordan's area and in, in other areas, like even where Kevin McCarthy um, is from Bakersfield, Killing County, which I did a documentary on in, uh, in, in Hulu. When you focus on these areas, you're talking about um, far more violent crime per capita. Like, it's not even close, Brett. Like, three, four, five times the amount of violent crime in these red states than in New York City. New York City right now, and this was a statement in response that Alvin Bragg gave, Alvin Bragg pointed out, like, what are you doing? Like, he goes, don't be fooled. And my, my dogs are really angry about this, too. Don't be fooled. The House GOP is coming to the safest big city in America. Or, Brett, Brett, you read the rest of my dogs are just too overwhelmed. The dogs are very excited. Alvin Bragg said, don't be fooled. The House GOP is coming to the safest big city in America for a political stunt. This hearing won't engage in actual efforts to increase public safety, such as supporting the national gun legislation or shutting down the iron pipeline. The Manhattan DA's office welcomes public safety conversations. We have them every day with our local, state, and federal law enforcement partners. In fact, we'll start. Just released NYPD data shows shootings and homicides are down in New York City for the first quarter of the year, with progress in Manhattan helping to drive the overall citywide decrease. Virtually every major crime category is lower in Manhattan right now than it was last year as of April 2nd, 2023, murders are down 14%, shootings are down 17%, burglaries are down 21%, and robberies are down 8%. In District Attorney Bragg's first year in office, New York City had one of the lowest murder rates of major cities in the United States, nearly three times lower than Columbus, Ohio. And let, let me put a, a pin in that for one second, because Jim Jordan actually represents parts of Columbus, Ohio. So as New York has a three times lower murder rate than Columbus, Ohio. If Chairman Jordan truly cared about public safety, he could take a short drive to Columbus, Dayton, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Akron, or Toledo in his home state instead of using taxpayer dollars to travel hundreds of miles out of his way. And that was written from a spokesperson. And Alvin Bragg, whenever he does these responses to these Republicans, to the House Judiciary Committee, he posts them as uh, like quote tweets, like above the tweet of the House Judiciary Committee, because that's how these Republicans communicate. They're just like perpetually aggrieved and perpetually on Twitter and on the internet. So Bragg has to respond accordingly and reply to them on Twitter. And it's a good point that Bragg makes. I mean, that's a powerful response. And it just shows you how BS all these investigations are. At the end of the day, all they want to do is obstruct the investigation in what I consider to be an absolutely criminal way, what Jim Jordan is doing. It is incredible waste of money. It is an, an incredible waste of resources. And here's another uh, town in Jim, that Jim Jordan represents. Here's Jim Jordan's district of, uh, I think it's called Lima. Excuse me if I'm, I'm getting wrong. No, that's, it. that's it. That's um, it. 
with a crime rate of 39 per 1,000 residents. Lima has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities in all sizes, from the smallest towns to the very largest cities. One's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime here is 1 in 26. Oh, so that's gosh. Jim Jordan's district, which is far higher than New York City. And so it shows you it's all disingenuous. It's all projection. And it's very like when, when Trump in his tweet that you read before, Ben, said it's Soviet style, this, that, that. No, actually, the Republicans are engaging in Soviet style everything, Soviet style prosecution, Soviet style propaganda. This is the kind of stuff you see, you saw in Soviet Russia. This is the kind of stuff you see in Putin's Russia. This is the kind of stuff you see in North Korea, frankly. This is the kind of stuff you saw in Nazi Germany. It is yeah. just absolute disgusting propaganda, and they are using the resources, the pocketbook of the United States States taxpayer in order to put forth these ridiculous, ridiculous, phony investigations to do what? Not to help the American people, but to protect Donald Trump? That's really what they're doing. They want to protect Donald that, That's why? Protect their little dear leader? That's, it's, it's absurd. Well, you know, you know why they, they want to come to New York. And I'm not going to say the technical name for how we coined this phrase, but they saw all the love that Marjorie Taylor Greene got when she stood in New York for for five minutes and, and then flew to Florida. And that's what they want. They just want the cameras. They want people booing them so they could take that home to their district and say, look at these New Yorkers who are out of control, yada, 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 and just paint this picture like New York. They, they want to get their own soundbite, their own Marjorie Taylor Greene New York moment, their New York minute, if you will, and take it back with them to their district. And it's just so, you know, they're tying themselves to Donald Trump. Okay? We all know that. That's their plan. Donald Trump is one of the most unpopular people ever to ever exist in the United States of America. And a new poll, hit the polls. New, I'm, I'm hitting the polls. Because the polls. And this is why I, 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 you know, why I was like so annoyed by the coverage uh, in the past few weeks. That was like this indictment actually might help Donald Trump. When Donald Trump gets arrested, it's going to help him so much. People love a guy who's arrested. I, I, I'm like, drives me crazy. I'm like, what is find me? I'm like, I, what did I say like, like a week or two ago? I said, find me one independent voter or Democratic voter. Find me. I'm not talking about a MAGA cultist, okay? But find me one genuine independent voter. That goes, you know, I wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> but then he got arrested. And you know what? He had sex with a porn star who he calls Horseface. And he falsified business records about it as part of a bigger catch and kill scheme with the National Choir to pay off other people he had sex with. Yeah, get. I think I'm going to have to give him the nuclear codes. You know what? You know what? I, wasn't, I wasn't quite sure before, but... I was on the fence. That's, that's, that's my guy. It was that's on the fence guy. there. And that was a legitimate narrative that the media was trying to push on people. And I was like, find me one of those people. And thankfully now there is some data to back up my... Uh, my moaning and ranting and raving. I'm, I'm, I'm but, I, but I implore our audience, Brett, to that point, too, because you still hear it. Oh, when Donald Trump has raised millions. And first off, he hasn't really disclosed any of, of it, although he said it's coming from new donors. But neither here nor there. The guy was going to raise money regardless. Tell that person they're being silly and that he was going to do that regardless. He's going to, oh, this locked up the nomination for Trump for the Republican Party. Stop it. We just addressed this earlier in the podcast. You're being silly. He was already going to do that. Just, just, just stop it. 
And guess what? We should revel at the fact. Yes. We should be enjoy the fact. If this genuinely solidifies support behind Donald Trump, good. Please. Good. Because this is the guy who they're anchoring themselves to right now, okay? Trump's approval, since the arrest alone, since Donald Trump was indicted, has collapsed by from 29% to 25% in just one week after the indictment. Completely collapsing amongst independents. And not only that, but this ABC episode poll also found a new level of Trump dislike. He's got a 61% unfavorable rating with only a 25% favorable rating. That's even below that kind of floor of that 29% MAGA floor. That's even now eating into that MAGA floor, which is kind of held firm at that sort of 29, 30%. Mm, right point. And this is the independent shift right here. The week before the indictment, 40% of independents were in favor of the indictment. But as soon as the indictment happened, 54%, 54% of independents said they were in favor of it. A 14% swing in favor of the indictment. And that's going to keep increasing, by the way. As you see Donald Trump get indicted by Jack Smith, as you see Donald Trump get indicted in Georgia, you're going to continue to see Donald Trump get crushed with those numbers. At the same time, yes, you will probably see Donald Trump take even more of a stronghold of the Republican nomination, which I already think at this point in time is a lock. Yeah, let him lock it down. For the Republican Party yeah. and their chances uh, in 2024. And jail. everything that they're doing right now to back Donald Trump at every single turn, to weaponize the federal government, to attack prosecutors who are doing their jobs, it's all going to backfire on them. Because as we say, professional rake steppers, and they're going every day right now, they are setting up the world's biggest rake, like the Guinness Book of World Record-sized rake. And come 2024, they are going to step on that rake, and it's going to smack them so hard in the face, they're not going to know what it is. And, and I, I would call it that Easter Sunday or the holiday weekend test, right? The end of the day, what do Americans want? What do Americans focus on, right? Whether you celebrate a holiday or not, you just want to spend time with your family. You want normalcy. You want humanity. You want and That's not leftist extremism. That's not Marxism. You know, and, and, and Americans are like, look, what are you doing? What, what, why are you? Can you please stop posting freaking World War Three? Can you please stop in all capital letters talking about how you make the most perfect phone calls in the world when you call and extort people? Like, can, can you please just be normal? And can you please go away? And can you please stop this weirdo cult worship of this person? That, that's that, that's my you know that's my holiday weekend test. It's like, well, you know, there's there's the 3 a.m. test too, which is when you get that phone call, you know, and you know you need someone to make a split second decision. Obviously, you would never want nuclear weapons to be anywhere near this maniac. But also, just like he's so disconnected and untethered from reality and just one of the further points to prove how untethered he is from reality he has now lost i'm going to turn illegal for a second he's now lost in front of the dc circuit court of appeals on this executive privilege argument it may be 100 may be an exaggeration exaggeration but he's 
frivolously asserted executive privilege over the communications between himself and his advisors like over and over again right he first did it go back to our hot takes over the summer when it came to his former top white house lawyers like patrick bilbin um uh you know pence's former top advisors like mark short and uh greg jacob oh and, and trump's former top lawyer pat cipollone so here's the thing about the Department of Justice when they get these wins. And this is a frustrating part about the legal process in general, though. The win of compelling Pence to testify, where Pence has no way really to appeal it, and that's why Pence doesn't file the appeal, because he knows he's going to lose in front of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. That isn't built overnight. I, I wish it was, but you got to go back eight months and look at the fights that the Department of Justice were fighting then, eight months, nine months ago, and fighting Donald Trump's frivolous assertion of executive privilege, where Trump argued, look, my communications that I had while I were in office, they are confidential, and Biden didn't assert executive privilege, and consistently the court says, it's not your privilege, Donald Trump, it's the current executive branch's privilege. There's a narrow line of cases that says a former president may be able to assert executive privilege in an interbranch dispute, although that case law really hasn't been developed, but a former president can't assert it where the current executive is not asserting it, and anyway, even if it was valid asserted, it can be overcome if there's a demonstration of a compelling interest. And of course there's a compelling interest in the criminal investigation to get this information of Pence. So we'll recall that Pence is, the objection that Pence made was a ridiculous one. Pence is like, I'm a senator. <laughs> Basically, treat me because I have a ceremonial role as president of the Senate. The speech or debate clause which immunizes legitimate legislative activity, that should immunize me from ever having to give testimony in front of the grand jury. And the court was like, no, look, the court, the court said, and, and there was Jeb Bozeman, the new, the, the new uh, chief judge. Um, of the D.C. Circuit said, look, when you're in your ceremonial role, fine. For that limited moment where you're counting the electoral votes, fine. We'll treat you like a senator. You happy? But for all of the other times, for all of the other times that you've had communications before, you know, leading up to the insurrection, when Donald Trump threatened you, and after, really all the key stuff that we want. I mean, it's not exactly massive revelations of what Ken said while he counted the electoral votes. We know that. For all those other moments, you have to testify. Pence and Pence knew he was going to lose. So Pence is like, whatever. I, I, I at least showed the base that I was trying to object to. I'm going to testify. But then what Donald Trump? Donald Trump's not asserting speech or debate clause immunity. Donald Trump's claim was executive privilege. And he's lost over and over and over again. So today, Donald Trump filed an appeal asserting executive privilege um, and asking the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to rule against what their precedent has been over and over and over again. And to anybody out there, though, who was like, Look, this Department of Justice investigation has gone way too slow, I sympathize with that position, but I'll ask you this question. Would you have wanted this to go to trial against Donald Trump? 
without Patrick Philbin as a witness, without Mark Meadows as a witness, without Stephen Miller as a witness, without Dan Scavino as a witness, without Mark Short as a witness, without as a witness, without Robert O'Brien as a witness, without Ken Cuccinelli as a witness. If you filed that case earlier and didn't go through these steps to compel all of them and establish this precedent, would, would, even if you didn't have Pence, would you want to go to trial without Pence's testimony? Or would you want to go to trial as frustrating as it's been to go through this process to make sure you know you have all of the right witnesses there? And, and unfortunately, the process moves slow. That, that's that's just the, that's our legal system, unfortunately. But I can I can assure you, as someone who practices in that legal system each and every day, that honestly, the DOJ is moving as quick as it really can in a case like this, and frankly, quicker than I've seen other cases against very wealthy people, you know, who have means who are able to delay it more than than is being delayed here. And so that's just my overall argument. Whenever I hear that, I'm sympathetic to it because it is outrageous and ridiculous. But our system is a flawed system, our judicial system, like it is. And it's not a great system. It's just the best system that's ever existed in the history of man, you know, you know, to date so far. And, you know, and, and it is a system that's been um, utilized in, in, in other countries and other areas. And, and it's a system of flawed but imperfect but but the but but that's that's our that's our system and so anyway the, the short of it is trump is going to lose uh guarantee trump will not win this motion and pence will be testifying very soon in front of the grand jury within weeks we still have a lot more to talk about here on the midas touch uh podcast i, I want to hear this good news out of tennessee brett and you gotta you gotta explain to all of our listeners and viewers what went down in Texas with Greg Abbott pardoning the murderer who's just convicted of killing one of the protesters who was protesting after George Floyd was murdered? And so he's going to pardon this person? It is, it is beyond dystopian. We'll talk about that right after this break. Our next partner is AG1 by Athletic Green. Now, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I give AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, boosted energy, immune system support, and I hated taking pills and vitamins and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I take AG1 in the morning before working out, and it makes me feel incredible and just ready to take on my day. When I take AG1, I know I'm doing something good for my body, like giving my body the nutrition that it craves and covering my nutritional bases. I've tried a ton of different supplements out there. But this is different, and the ingredients are super high quality. I got started with AG1 because I used to take all these different pills and gummies, and frankly, what I was taking was expensive, and I didn't even know if it was good for me. But with AG1 by Athletic Greens, I know that what I'm consuming has the best ingredients and also tastes delicious. AG1 makes it easier for you to take the highest quality supplements, period. When I started my AG1 journey, very quickly I noticed that it helped me with, you know, improved overall digestion, my energy levels were up, and just overall I was feeling great. It's just one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day, and it's a seamless and easy daily habit to maintain. The Midas Mighty asked me all the time, Jordy, how do you have so much energy to do these ad reads? Well, if I could only pick one thing, it's AG1 by Athletic Greens. 
Just one daily serving covers my day's nutritional basis and supports my long-term gut health with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. I can't think of another daily routine that pays off as well as AG1. Floyd, and you get killed, you don't get justice. If you murder them, I side with you. Um, so it really is a license to kill if you support the MAGA Republican policies. Yeah, it's a complete abuse of power. And when we speak about these Republican states, as, as David Pepper calls it, being laboratories of autocracy, I mean, this is the epitome of laboratories of autocracy here in Texas. And it's also the epitome of the Republican Party being a lawless party full of criminals, being a party that is frankly pro-crime. And in the background, while you have you know, all these House Republicans going, you know, Democratic prosecutorial overreach and weaponization of the government and, and Democrats, weak prosecutors and weak district attorneys, they're letting these criminals back out onto the streets. Once again, it's more projection from the Republican Party, who in this case is literally letting a convicted murderer back onto the streets. So the guy's name, the, the murderer's name is Daniel Perry, and he was a uh, U.S. Army sergeant, and he murdered a Army veteran, an Air Force veteran named Garrett Foster. Garrett Foster was 28 years old, and uh, Daniel Perry was convicted of murder by a jury on Friday. And what happened after that happened? Well, the right-wing media ecosystem went up in arms and, and went ballistic over it, and you had people like Tucker Carlson demanding that Greg Abbott pardon the guy. You had people like Marjorie Taylor Greene demanding that Greg Abbott pardon the guy. And so what do these weak-willed people, these weak-willed Republicans like Greg Abbott do? Do they stand up for the rule of law? No, absolutely not. They listen to the most extremist voices in their party because they are one and the same. And they listen to the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, and they listen to the likes of uh, Tucker Carlson. And if we get a statement from Greg Abbott, where Greg Abbott says, immediately, once the pardon request hits my de desk, immediately, the second it hits my desk, I am signing it. And so Texas has like this pardon board where it needs to go through before it lands on the desk. It kind of seems like the pardon board is just like a rubber stamp for whatever the governor ultimately wants here. But what's important to know about this story is it wasn't like a on-the-fence case here. This was a premeditated murder. As Ben said, the guy sent messages beforehand, literally saying, this is an exact quote, he said he might kill a few people on my way to work today. That's what this guy, Daniel Perry, who was convicted of murder, said. And he said his whole plan. He typed it out, posted it on Facebook, sent it to friends and text. He said, here's all you got to do. I could go to the Black Lives Matter protest. I just get in my car. All I need to do is I'll just tell authorities, whatever. I'll just say, I felt threatened. I felt threatened, standing my ground, standing my ground. And I have full license to kill, murder, whoever I want. I could just claim self-defense. I'll get off the hook. That's it. That's what I'll do. He's on the record saying all of these things, and then he went ahead, and that's what he did, and that was the exact defense that he used in court. And the jury saw all the evidence. The jury saw his, the, the police footage of him being interviewed after the incident. They saw the posts on Facebook. They saw the text messages to his friends, and they said, beyond a reasonable doubt, this guy is guilty. But the lawless, pro-crime Republican Party, because he is one of them, because he killed a Black Lives Matter protester said, oh, we're going to pardon the guy, lawless. And I think be, we have to even view this story even more beyond the context of this individual incident.
because the effects of it truly are chilling because what Governor Abbott and Republicans are saying is all these radicalized extremist followers of ours, you have a license to kill. You have a license to do whatever you want and we'll have your back. So political violence right now is open season. As long as you're a Republican, take your gun, kill whoever you want. And as Ben mentioned, the the protester who he shot was carrying an AK-47. But the guy admitted that the AK-47 was not being pointed at anybody, was not being pointed at him, did not pose a threat to him. But he used the fact that the guy had a gun, which is legal in the state of Texas. Used the fact that he had it to say that he felt threatened by it, so he had full range to shoot and murder the guy. It was a premeditated murder, and now you have these Republicans supporting the release of an actual convicted murderer onto the streets. It doesn't get sicker than that. It doesn't get clearer than that also of what the stakes are when you go to vote. And all these notions when the, when the Republicans push, you know, Democrats, the party of crime, they're releasing all these people. You got to think what they're hiding. They're hiding their own crimes, and this is exactly what they're doing. They're letting them be most violent, most Got big feet, pup. Look at this big feet, puppy. Little tartar. <laughs> CT had lost his black card a long time ago. I don't know why. Um. Disgusting than that. They call him Eye Patch McCain because he has one eye. Like that's that's MAGA. Like let's not even McCain isn't even the only insult. It's his disability. It's 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 what happened to him while he was in war. That's what we're going to criticize him for. That's just to show you how low that it is. And Dan Crenshaw is the guy who, like you said, like last year, uh, maybe within within the past year, Dan Crenshaw has been a guy who said, "Listen, Republicans, listen to me." There are grifters in our midst, in our own very party. You have all these performative lunatics like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. They do not have your interests at heart. And he tried to take the moral high ground here. Meanwhile, any time that he puts out a video or does something, he mimics that exact same performative, yep. MAGA, deranged behavior. So, like, what are you doing, Dan Crenshaw? Are you going to speak out against this, or are you going to become it? Because either way... Those Republicans who you're trying to impress here, they're making fun of you. They're calling you the most horrific names. They're mocking you for your military service. And so over the weekend, Dan Crenshaw joins the Bud Light bandwagon. He, he posts a video. Uh, he's he's got to get in on this script. The Bud Light. Bud Light gone woke. Bud Light gone woke beer. Woke beer. Woke beer. And he posts like just the cringiest video ever. Right? Like, uh -huh. No crime. Republican Party. Because he is one of them. Because he killed a Black Lives Matter protester said, oh, we're going to pardon the guy, Lawless. And I think be, we have to even view this story even more beyond the context of this individual incident. Because the effects of it truly are chilling. Because what Governor Abbott and Republicans are saying is all these radicalized extremist followers of ours, you have a license to kill. You have a license to do whatever you want and we'll have your back. So political violence right now is open season. As long as you're a Republican, 
take your gun, kill whoever you want. And as Ben mentioned, the, the protester who he shot was carrying an AK-47, but the guy admitted that the AK-47 was not being pointed at anybody, was not being pointed at him, did not pose a threat to him, but he used the fact that the guy had a gun, which is legal in the state of Texas, used the fact that he had it to say that he felt threatened by it, so he had full range to shoot and murder the guy. It was a premeditated murder, and now you have these Republicans supporting the release of an actual convicted murderer onto the streets. It doesn't get sicker than that. It doesn't get clearer than that also of what the stakes are when you go to vote. And all these notions when the, when the Republicans push, you know, Democrats, party of crime, they're releasing all these people. You got to think what they're hiding. They're hiding their own crimes, and this is exactly what they're doing. They are letting the most violent, most dangerous people onto the streets, and they are promoting them. They are helping them. They are aiding and abetting their behavior. And it's truly a, a, a sick thing. It's a deranged thing, and it shows you just how radicalized the Republican people have, the Republican Party have become. The American people, they don't, they, they, that's not what they want. They don't want people, they don't want the country becoming the wild, wild west where anybody could just pick up an AR-15 and shoot somebody and then get away with it because he was, it was what the gov governor was cool with it. So, so that's it. I mean, we're really at a very disturbing time for the United States of America. And I think we have to, we have to make sure right now that this is a story that does not get lost in all the other news because it is super <laughs> important. And I think upon hearing this, I think a majority of the American people will be absolutely enraged by the behavior of the Texas governor and the Republicans pushing for the release of a admitted convicted murderer. And the one thing I would just add to that is uh, it started with Tucker Carlson uh, making the request. And so Tucker said this individual should be pardoned. Greg Abbott was like, yep. Now, normally the whole pardon process, right? Someone who's convicted serves a certain period of time because pardon implies guilt. The person who's seeking the pardon says, I did it. I'm sorry for doing this. You know, I've rehabilitated myself. That's part of the pardon process, which the MAGA Republicans, though, have completely turned on its head as well. And they just use the pardoning process the way the way Trump did. All of the individuals who engaged in uh, horrific criminal conduct, whether it was Manafort or Bannon or Stone, I, I could go on and on and spend the entire episode talking about all the people who Trump pardoned for committing crimes in furtherance of Donald Trump. Pardon, 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 pardon. You know, people who were convicted or just very recently charged. Um, you know, and, and then it also just kind of speaks to just, again, the absurdity of these laws that are in Texas. And I think it was uh, there were a few commentators who, who reflected on this. Like, there's no modern democracy where you have a situation like you have in Texas, where they say you have both a stand your ground right as well as an open carry right. So you can open carry assault weapons, just walk around with AR-15s and AK-47 style, like you have the right to open carry that. Um, but then if someone else who's either open carrying or who has a weapon says that they subjectively feel fear because of your open carry, well, then they have a stand your ground, right? And then they can kill you. There was this video that was circulating probably about a year ago where there was a, a relatively 
um, benign started off like just like a domestic dispute that 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 happens, you know, unfortunately across uh, the country. I, I think there was a dispute where um, it, it was a it was a divorced couple. I, I think I think the um, woman was a judge and or like a local judge in Texas and who had recently been divorced from her husband and then her new boyfriend was at the house with her kids and then the like ex showed up at the house you know when they got into like a little you know argument right and then all of a sudden um, the person at the house took out the gun and the other person took out the gun and then I just remember watching this video where they like where the where the person in the house just just killed the other guy like killed her ex like boom 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 like and 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 didn't blink like it was like it was as though it was as though you were stepping on a cockroach like that's how normal it looked like shouldn't have done that you made me nervous that's why i had to do it like no sympathy no whatever and that video terrified me more than the other videos because it was just done so you're dead because there is no like conception of like it is so wild wild west lawless of what takes place there um and of course you layer on what uh you know ultimately this this patently despicable pardon but you know again that's there's no modern democracy in the world that engages in that conduct by the way that type of conduct like doesn't eat even the Taliban may look at that and go, "Oh, that's a little, that's a little wild." You, 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 do, you do that over there, like it's it's so lawlessness, and it's so normalized as like that's just a thing, and it's like okay, that's not conservative. That is like fascist right. and extreme. And, and, and speaking about that, Brett, you want to talk about what happened in Iowa um, with some of the kind of race to the bottom uh, that we're seeing in these laboratories of autocracy. Yeah, I mean, you see all of these various Republican governors and attorney generals now, like I said, they, they, they know they're losing the argument. And if they were to put the abortion argument, for example, on the ballot, as they've done, they'll lose that vote 100% of the time. Because majority of the American people, even in the deepest of red states, support, support the right to control their body. They are, are not okay with this forced birtherism of the Republican Party. But you see these Republicans all across the country, they're trying to out-extremist one another. And in ways that just seem like, like what do you... What are you doing? And so now we saw this newly elected Republican attorney general in Iowa blocking emergency contraception for victims of rape and sexual assault. I, I mean, you don't get lower than that. They paused the practice of paying for this emergency contraception and some very rare cases of abor- uh, abortion for victims of sexual assault. This was, you know, a program that was greenlit by the former Democratic uh, attorney general of the state. And, and this Republican attorney general comes in and she goes, you get raped, you get assaulted. Too bad on you, on you, and and it's just it really is a a race to the bottom. But I guess you know through the race to the bottom, I guess the one kind of saving grace of it all is that this is on display right now for all the American people to see, right. and they're only doing these things because they are fundamentally losing on every issue. And so when they lose on every issue, they try to wield the power that they can currently 
to try to preserve their power at the expense of the voters, no matter how much it hurts their actual own constituents. But here's an example of it backfiring in one of the best ways possible. We've been trying to say every single day, folks, pay attention to what's going on in Tennessee. Tennessee has been one of the main, Tennessee's really been ground zero for these attacks on our democracy from the Republican Party. And we saw last week the expulsion of two Democratic lawmakers for no reason. Representative Justin Pearson, Representative Justin Jones, Representative Gloria Johnson was also put on the chopping block. They put it up for a vote. And what did these racist Republicans in Tennessee do? They ended up expelling just the two black representatives and not the white woman. And by the way, I, I love Gloria Johnson. I, I just want to say it. And the way that she has also supported uh, the two men who have been expelled, the two representatives who have been expelled, it's been really incredibly inspiring to see. And that's why everybody is calling them all right now the Tennessee Three. And here's why that move by Republicans was so scary. Because... You know, maybe if you listen to the Might of Such podcast, because Gloria Johnson was a guest and Justin Jones has been a guest on the show in the past, do you know their names? But you go around and you ask most people this whole scene, and I don't even know if they realized that at the end of all of this, that the local city halls of the towns in which these people are representatives of 